3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your necks. Write them on the tablets of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Let's close or open in a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Uh, just thank you for just your loving kindness and your mercy. Um, Lord, we love you, and I pray that we will be faithful and steadfast. Lord, give us the courage to do what's right all throughout this week. Pray all these things in your name. Amen. I did want to call Thad up really quick, first of all. I'll get you back for that. <laughs> all right. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you guys. I'd like all the children to come up front if they could. All the kids. And if you feel like you're a kid, come on up too, right? Come on, buddy. I see you. I thought you might stand up. Y'all come up here and have a seat right in here. Look at all these wonderful children. A lot of, you can have a kid's choir. Look at all these kids. All right, guys, I want to talk to you guys a little bit. All the kids come up. I see they're coming in the back. They're coming up. So Pastor Thad has been with the team in England for the last couple of weeks. And um, when we were over there, one of the main reasons we were there was to uh, help a church that is um, uh, there in Welwyn Garden City and um, over in England, but one of the things that, that um, we had opportunity to do is share the gospel. How many of you know what the gospel is? You know what the gospel is? The Bible. Yeah, the Bible, it's right. The, God, the Bible is good news. Do you know um, what, the, what the word, um, what, what the good news is? What's the good news? Yes, ma'am. My notes are on my seat there, buddy. <laughs> um, we had, uh, that's right, the gospel is good news about Jesus Christ who came and he died for us, for our sins. And uh, the Bible says he rose again the third day and that he ascended to heaven and he's at the right hand of the Father. And one day he's coming back for all those who belong to him. When we were over there, we had an opportunity to share with people about that good news. I want to show you guys something, okay? I've got two things here that we used. They're kind of like what we call tools, okay? So I'm going to ask you a question. Which one's bigger? Huh? No, they're fine. Huh? Well, don't say it like that. You can't see that. Look. Thank you. They're the same. They're the same. Okay, but that's not the answer right now. Okay. That's right. This side. That's right. The one on this side. Somebody's already shown them this. The one on this side, it's red, right? Now which one's bigger? Oh, sorry. That's the same? They're the same size? Mm, now what about now? And now, Lydia, they are what? The same. That's right. 
And so we, listen, so we got to use this, and on the back of these cards, there is an explanation of the gospel, okay? And so when we were over there, one of the things that Pastor Thad got to see is there are just a whole lot of people, just like there are here, who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so we had an opportunity to use this, and as you can tell, I didn't use it a whole bunch, but these girls named Emily and Natalie did, and I thought this was the coolest thing because one of the things we were able to do when we were on the train, the last three days we were there on the subway, um, they were able to um, share with three kids and give three kids these cards. And their moms and dads were right there, and they were able to do that. So the gospel can go out in a lot of different ways. So I wanted to show you that. And then we used um, this little book here, and it's the Gospel of John. Everybody know where the Gospel of John is? It's in the Bible, right? It's the fourth gospel, and in the Gospel of John, we're told about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And do you guys know um, John 3.16? What does it say? Let's say it together. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have what? Everlasting life. All right? And I hope that's true for you guys. I hope you know without a doubt that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and that you've trusted him as your Savior. All right? So um, why don't we have a word of prayer and uh, we'll let you go back to your seats. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, I just want to thank you for these kids this morning and um, every one of them, Lord, the most important thing for them is that they would know you. And um, I just thank you um, that we live in a country right now that's free to express um, the gospel of Christ. And, and while it's being challenged, Lord, around the world, it's being challenged here too. And I just pray for these children, Lord, that, that um, as they come to know you, that they'll take the opportunity to share with their friends about the change that's happened in their lives. And um, I'm just thankful to know there are so many people here at Grace who spend an enormous amount of time sharing with these uh, students the gospel of Christ. And I pray that as adults, Lord, we would, we would be on fire for sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how Christ has changed our lives. And so we just commit this morning to you and we pray that everything that we do would honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, you can go back to your seats. Thank you.
of that song says take joy my king in what you hear may it be a sweet sweet sound in your ear we come to worship this morning we come not to listen to a pastor or a choir or just sing we come to be a sweet sweet fragrance for our Lord we want him to leave blessed so many times we want to say well were we blessed when we left it doesn't matter. Was God blessed? Did we bless him? That's what we're, let, let's sing about his love. That song says, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. That's, that's what we say. But then there's a song, and we're going to sing it in just a few minutes, that says, Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved us. For all those children out there, that, that wonderful verse that you just said, God 316, that was a verse of pure love, love beyond what we can even understand, that God would give his only son for our benefit. So what a wonderful God. Let's, let's praise him this morning. Let's uh, love him this morning. And let's all stand and let's sing the love of God. Let's all stand, man. Oh. 
tells me of. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love, oh, how I love Jesus. Sing it. to uh, sing a new song today, uh, one that uh, Denise, we were listening to the radio, she keeps the radio on all the time, and, um, and she says, listen to this song right here, and uh, how, you know, what this song is saying, and it was really, it, re- I really, it really got my attention. Um, it talks about God's love. It talks about how his mercy is more than what our sins are. Have you ever thought about that? No matter what our sin is, no matter, and anybody in here, no matter what our sin is, his mercy is more. And I read up on it just a little bit. Uh, Of course, the first thing that came to mind was Psalm 136, where it has 26 verses, and 26 times it says, his mercy endures forever. I think the psalmist gets his point across. <laughs> his mercy endures forever. That's the first thing I thought of. It talks, it says a line about God, and it says his mercy endures forever. It says another line about God, his mercy endures forever. So I kind of thought that that might be where the song comes, comes from. But I found out that the, uh, that the author of this song, or the writer of this song, he took it from a sermon from John Newton. And I'm not going to read you the whole sermon, you know, but... Um, but he does say this, and this is where it comes from. He says, our sins are many, but his mercies are more. Our sins are great, but his righteousness is greater. We are weak, but he is power. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that our God is so much bigger and so much stronger than we are? 
We come together to worship, and then we realize how much. Now, during the week, sometimes we, we, we get to complaining, and we get to wondering where, where our life is going or whatever, and then we realize, oh, God is so much bigger than this, and we need to worship him. So that's what this song is going to be about. And uh, I'm going to have the choir stand, and uh, we're going to just lead you. I'm going to let you all sit so that you can kind of soak in the song, and I want you to kind of pick up on it as we sing. Just start picking up on it before the song is over with. You're going to be singing, uh, singing the song with us. But anyway, um, let's, let's get started. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, you every morning. 
more our sins they are many his mercy is more amen you like that that's a good song choir right now is going to stand as soon as i can get up myself here we're going to sing a song it's called here is love this is what we've been talking about the god of our salvation dying on a cross for us here is love let's listen to the words of the song
Amen. Thank you. Let's pray together, maybe. Father, we just want to come and just worship you this morning because of that wonderful love. God, it's not an ordinary love as we know. God, we, our love is very, is very shallow compared to yours. But God, your love is much, much deeper, much deeper. It's a love that is giving, is sacrificial. It's, it's one that gives someone that's not deserving, gives the life of someone who's not deserving for someone else who is deserving of that. Oh God, what great love you have shown for us. And Lord, we are so thankful today as we concentrate on the fact that God did, that you did love the world so much that you gave your only, your most precious son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And God, we just want to thank you and praise you for that this morning. What wonderful love. Oh, how we love Jesus because he first loved us. So God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we praise you this morning. We honor you. We worship you, Lord. These things I pray in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, choir. Um, couldn't help but think as you kind of meditate on that song, the verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 comes to mind, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, what did Christ do? The Bible says Christ died for us. And um, I wanted to today... Um, kind of tell you about my trip to England and I'm going to do it through a passage of scripture um, but there's two words that, that the Lord has brought to my mind as I was thinking about my experience in England um, Robbie Roberts went uh, from this church as well as his daughters uh, Natalie and Emily and um, Emily helped us get around on the, on the subway. She did really well at that. Um, and then Bethany Mitchell. And so, to be honest with you, um, I wasn't sure about going myself. I wasn't sure how really pumped up I was to go. Um, I was kind of searching, like, okay, what's the purpose? Why would I be going? Um, and, of course, we were told that it was to minister to the church there. Um, but I would say there's two words that, that the Lord brought to my mind um, as I was thinking about the trip. And um, one was um, stretching. <laughs> the Lord stretched me and uh, put me in, in circumstances that, honestly, I wasn't really comfortable with. I don't have the gift of evangelism um, I'm not one of those guys that's going to corner somebody and say, listen up, you need Christ. I'm not that kind of guy. Although I, I, I want them to know Christ, I'm just not that kind of guy. And, um, but I did have opportunity while I was there to share with four different people. And um, Emily was with me um, most of the time when we were partnering up to go out and share with folks. But... Um, 
her and I had an interesting conversation with a lady named Caroline. Um, and just to kind of kind of um, tell you how I was stretched. But I just want to thank the Lord for Emily because um, she filled in the gaps there. When there was gaps in the conversation, um, she was able to do really well with Caroline. And the Lord just used her as well. So there were three I had individual conversations with, but this one particularly with Caroline uh, we had together. Um, the other word that um, came to my mind over the last couple of weeks is reminder. You know, I was stretched, but sometimes we need a reminder that the mission that the Lord gave to his disciples is the same mission that we have, and that is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. For which I would say that over my life, I've not done that real well. I could do better. And the Lord showed me that. That you can do better. <laughs> and, of course, who wants, to, who wants to learn that lesson, right? And come and stand in front of a congregation and say, I haven't been doing that real well. I need to do better. And, of course, there's an element to it that's easier to share when you know, hey, I'm about to fly over the pond and I'll never probably see these folks as long as I live. But we all know, don't we? We have neighbors that don't know Christ. We have relatives that don't know Christ. And what do they need to hear? They need to hear the gospel. Caroline, um, just to kind of give you an example before we turn to this passage in Acts 17. Um, Caroline was 83 years old. And Emily and, I, Emily and I saw her on the street. She was carrying a bag. I assume there were groceries. I didn't pay much attention to the bag, per se. But we were handing out literature about um, an event that was taking place. And so that was kind of our starter in conversation. And um, as we began to talk with her, um, we found out that she was going to a meeting later on about some homes that were being developed a little beyond where she was living. And so during that conversation, I was looking for an opening. I was like, okay, uh, Lord, help me to find an opening to the gospel. Because we didn't just walk up and say, you need Christ. Um, but we had a conversation with her. And in the midst of that conversation, she brings up that she's going to a meeting about these homes that are being developed. And I'm like, home, 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 home. It's just like, okay. And so I asked her, I said, um, do you know about your eternal home? And she said, well. And she started talking about her mother. And her mother's 100 years old. She was more concerned about her mother and the eternal home her mother would have than she was herself. And so it was just like, wow. I mean, she's not promised. I didn't say this, but I was thinking, hey, look, lady, you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised the next step that you're going to take. Um, you need to think about your eternal home. That was what was going through my mind. And then I had the Gospel of John that I showed you earlier, and that was one of the things that we were, were handing out. And um, so the conversation continued a little bit, and um, in, that in the conversation, I, I found out, she said, well, I'm, a, I'm a, a Roman Catholic. I'm a converted Roman Catholic. And I don't know why I asked her this question, but I said, are you a faithful Roman Catholic? And she said, no, not really. And I thought, okay. And so the Lord just opened up opportunity through that conversation 
to give her this gospel of John. And I had marked a couple of passages. I said, look, I've marked a couple of passages, a couple of pages in the book that I'd like you to read. And um, then she walked off. She left. But the Lord opened that door, and Emily was a part of that. And that was special for us to be able to talk with her. And hey, listen, if nothing else, she has the living and enduring Word of God in her possession. And it reminded me of the passage, I planted, Apollos watered, God causes the growth. And so we don't know what portion of that we were a part of, but it was a privilege to be able to share the gospel of Christ with her. I want you to take your Bibles and go to um, Acts chapter 17. We will be back next week in the book of Jonah. Poor Jonah, he's been in that belly for a while. But um, we'll get back to him next week. I want us to have a word of prayer before we begin this little venture in Acts 17. Let's pray. Lord, it's true that most days you give us opportunities to share about our story of how we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure in this audience there are many who have family members that are unsaved and friends and workers, co-workers that need you. And one of the things that you showed me, Lord, is that um, there's no time off that you've given us. You want us to always be aware of the opportunities that we have. And we don't have to force things down people's throats. But we do need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us. And so I pray, Lord, that um, your spirit would lead as, as I have opportunity to share this morning about what you taught me and just the question that, that I think we all need to consider. And I pray that your spirit would guide our time to, together this morning in Christ's name. Amen. I've got a question I want you to consider this morning. Are we willing to upset the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, I didn't put you there intentionally. I'm not asking you. I'm all, it includes all of us. Are we willing to upset the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I can promise you, in England, if you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're upsetting their world. It's a very pagan culture. Very pagan culture. But you know what? The culture we live in is a pretty pagan culture. And moving steadily away from God or any conversation about God at all. And many don't even understand who Jesus Christ is or what he's done for them. But you and I, if we're in Christ today, have the privilege to be able to upset people with the gospel of Christ. You say, hold on a second, I don't want to upset people. Well, the Lord upset a few people, didn't he? And the Apostle Paul upset a few people. And they did it because they had the mission in mind. That there is an eternity that people are going to spend in the presence of the Lord or away from the Lord. And in Acts 17, we come in the context where Paul has picked Timothy up. And Silas is with him. And they are on their second missionary journey, Paul is. And he comes to a place called Thessalonica. Now this afternoon in your spare time, you can read the book of 1 Thessalonians. What a church. How they turned to God 
from idols to serve the living and true God. The Lord really used Paul and his companions to upset Thessalonica. And so I began to think, well, hey, I like that. I like the fact that in the testimony, as you're going to see in this text, the testimony of these men is they were upsetting the world with the gospel. Wouldn't that be nice if the church here, Grace, had that reputation? We're upsetting folks with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You okay with that? Some of you aren't sure. It's okay. We need to be on mission, on God's mission. And that's what's going on here in the book of Acts, in the second uh, missionary journey in Acts 17. Now, I want you to look at it with me. Look what the text says. It tells us, first of all, that Paul and his companions were intentional. They were intentional people. Look at this, uh, verse 1 of chapter 17. Now, when they had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them. Notice that. He went to where they were. Um, The Lord has given all of us an audience. Um, We have an audience every day. You're in the world every day. You're you're working every day. You're exercising. You're hanging out with kids at school. So we're in people's world. The question is, what are we doing when we're in that world? But notice what it says here about Paul. It says... According to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus, who I am proclaiming to you, is the Christ. Now I want you to notice a few things about these verses and their intentionality. Notice some of these words here. They're Four or five things I want to point out. First of all, he went to them. He went where they were. Now, the apostle Paul had been given the ministry by the Lord to go to who? The Gentiles. But the Bible says that regularly, Paul's routine was to do what? Go to the synagogue. If you go back to the first missionary journey, you'll find that Paul goes to the synagogue and he's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and people are being saved. Um, So he goes to them, and notice what it says, and for three days reasoned with them from the Scriptures. That word reason is an interesting word. The word points to a conversation. It points to a dialogue. It's not one-sided. Paul doesn't go to the synagogue and just, hey, hammer them, but there's no conversation going on. There's conversation. In fact, the implication of the word means that there was questions that went on. There were challenges being raised as Paul was reasoning with these people in the synagogue. Notice, though, that his reasoning was from what? His own wisdom and knowledge? Is that what the Bible says? No, the Bible says, according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the what? Scriptures. Hey, guys, I got really good news for you. Whenever you and I are witnessing to someone... It's not about our wisdom. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for us when He saved us. When we came to that point in our lives where we turned to the Lord and trusted in Him as our Savior. So, 
He reasoned with them from the Scriptures. And then notice what it says, explaining and giving evidence. Now those are two words that are interesting as well. The word explaining is the picture of literally opening up the Scriptures. So there's an emphasis here when they are sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are doing what? They are relying on the Scriptures. We don't need to forget that. Far too often I think we think, well, if I can just come up with something, maybe these folks will listen to me. Give them the book. Give them the Scriptures. And that's what the Apostle Paul does. He does not rely on his own wisdom and his own understanding, but he opens up the Scriptures. And what were the Scriptures for the Apostle Paul? The Old Testament. The Old Testament. So he opens up the Old Testament explaining the prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and why he would come. And why he would die. And he had his own story, did he not? Right? Of how he came to know the Lord on the road to Damascus. How he saw the resurrected Christ. And how much of a difference Christ had made in his life. Um, so he's explaining. And the Bible says, giving evidence. This is an interesting word as well. It means to, to place alongside. To place alongside. In other words, Paul put one scripture alongside another scripture. Now, how many of you enjoy studying the Scriptures? <laughs> Who's not going to raise their hand, right? So, so we open up the Scriptures, and when we open up the Scriptures, what happens? We open up a passage, and before long, we're in another passage. And before long, we're in another passage. It's like dot to dot. Why? Because the Scriptures connect. And so as the Apostle Paul is sharing with these folks in the synagogue, he's reasoning with them from the Scriptures. He's explaining, he's opening up the book, and he's giving evidence, literally placing alongside Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. Um, it reminded me of the responsibility that I have to not only study the Scriptures, but to be ready for whatever questions may come up that may arise, because that's going to happen. Now, I want you to notice something else, too, in, the, in, the, in this text. It says not only that, did he reason with them from the Scriptures, explaining and giving evidence, but notice that next phrase, that the Christ. That's very significant. He doesn't just say explaining and giving evidence that Christ had to suffer. There's the article there in the Greek, and the article there is for emphasis. That the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. And saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is what? The Christ. And so, when, listen, when we witness, we are giving testimony about the Christ, the Savior, the Lord. There's only one. One and one only. Um, I had a conversation with a man named Lawrence. And Lawrence was an interesting fellow. Because Lawrence had never in his life heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was 63 years old. In fact, let me tell you a little bit about Lawrence. We were at what they call a barbecue. Now, when they call it a barbecue, what they mean is hamburger and hot dogs, right? That's not what I call a barbecue. I'm thinking of Costas, right, Golden Rule. So they were, when we were advertising about this barbecue, I was thinking barbecue, but it's not barbecue. I told them, I said, if you want real barbecue, you come over here, I'll take you to some real barbecue. But that was their idea of a barbecue. We're advertising for this barbecue that was going to take place in a, in a town called Stevenage. 
And um, they have a church there, a work there, a ministry there, and we, we were out there to advertise about the church and to take part in this barbecue. And we, we needed to be intentional when we went. Just like the Apostle Paul and Silas and Timothy were intentional about the gospel, we didn't go there just to eat hamburgers and hot dogs, but we needed to be looking around. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know, because I'm, again, I'm like, this is not my thing, but it needs to be my thing. And that's what the Lord is teaching me, that it needs to be your thing more than you think. And so, this guy's sitting over there with his wife and some of his family, and um, there are like three chairs that are just empty, and I'm like, well, that's him. That's the man. So I went over there and I planted myself right by Lawrence. I'm like, okay, Lord, again, I have no idea how this is going to go. Help me to know when the opening is there. So we get to talking, and he's 63, and I'm 54, so there's not too big of an age difference. And I said, well, uh, Lawrence, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a security officer. I said, okay, security officer. So we started talking about that a little bit, and then he started telling me about his father and started telling me about his family and um, what was going on there, that he had two daughters that he hadn't seen in a number of years. And um, so we're just having conversation about life. And I'm like, okay, Lord, where's this going to go? And so as he's talking about his security job, he says, well, now, Thad, what do you do back in the States? That's always a conversation. I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. He said, you are. I said, yeah. And I know this is going to sound like a weird question to you guys, but it wasn't in the midst of the conversation. I said, Lawrence, um, what are your thoughts about religion? Because, see, religion people can relate to because they hear about religion all the time. I was getting to the relationship, but... I was going through the religion word. I said, have you ever considered religion, Lawrence? He said, I'm 63 years old and I've never considered religion one time in my life. I've never even considered God one time in my life. And my heart just sank. I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord. I mean, there's so many things just going through my mind. My mind's like an interstate. I mean, these interstates are just, I mean, across it and I'm like, Oh my goodness, when I was a young boy, I was introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm having all these thoughts like, Lord, how privileged am I? This man is 63 years old and never even considered you. And we kept having conversation. That little book now. We kept having conversation and... Finally, I, I said, um, you know, Lawrence, I said, I can tell you this for sure. In my 54 years of life, the greatest thing is my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the greatest thing I have. And he just kind of looked at me like I was weird. I am. I said, Lawrence, I said, I'd like you to do something for me. And by this time, I had his trust. And we've been talking 30 minutes plus. And um, 
I said, I have this little book here I'd like you to read. I said, I've got some things marked in it. I'd like you to take it. Now, I didn't know what was going to happen. He's going to take that book and slap me over the head. I had no idea. But he took the book and he looked me in the eyes and he said, Dad, I'm going to read this book because my dad brought me up when I gave, when you give somebody your word, you do it. I'm like, well, all right. <coughs> what an experience. So he got up. We started mingling with other people. And right before uh, everything was over, I was talking with some other folks, and um, they're leaving the area we were in. And he start, he's walking this way, and he sees me, and he walks over to me in the end, and he shakes my hand. He said, that I enjoyed talking with you. Like, hey. Now, I want to tell you what was happening behind the scenes. My heart was pounding a thousand miles an hour. I was scared. I was scared to share. Now, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of Christ, but I was scared. You been there? Right? Scared. Because you're not sure about the response. Well, these guys here in Acts 17, they sure had a boldness to them. Um, and they had an intentionality about them. Um, and there were results. Look at verse 4. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with the number, a large number of God-fearing Greeks and a number of, leading, of the leading women. But then there's a second part of this that, that's really important to discuss. Not only were the guys intentional, but the guys um, experienced uh, spiritual warfare. I like this quote. I wanted to give it to you. It says, until we make a conscious decision to be intentional about sharing the gospel, we probably won't. <laughs> That's pretty good. I thought, man, that just hit me right between the eyes. I know it might be hitting you between the eyes, but that's just the truth. I may have to be thinking about it. Um, but this is what goes on in the second part of the passage. Spiritual warfare. Warfare is going on. You say, Thad, where's the warfare? Let me show it to you. Look what it says, verse 5. But the Jews, becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. And when they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities. Now look what happens. Look what they're shouting. Shouting, these men, and that word... That's a demonstrative pronoun. It's like these guys, right there, these guys. These men who have upset the world. What a testimony, right? They upset the world, man. They're making a difference. Something's going on with these guys. It says these men who have upset the world have come here also. In other words, they're here. We heard they were there, but they're here now. By the way, this same group follows them next to Berea. It says, these men who have upset the world have come here also, and Jason has welcomed them, and they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And they stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things, and when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. <laughs> There's a couple of things here that need to be noted. There were accusations that were made. 
Stephen Cole, in his message on this passage, writes these words. In one sense, both charges that were made were exaggerated and false. It was Paul's accusers that were upsetting the world by stirring up mob violence, and that's what they were doing. Paul exhorted his followers to live quiet and tranquil lives in all godliness and dignity. And he also instructed believers to be subject to governing authorities. But there is another sense in which both charges are true, or at least ought to be true. He writes, Christians should upset the world or turn it upside down by confronting it with the gospel. And by the way, when you think about that, we, we're not told how long we have to do that, are we? We're not told. The Lord could come back today. Listen, when I was in, in London, um, I was like, look at all these people. And the majority of those people, the great majority of those people, because the evangelical Christians in, in England are only like 2%, the great majority of these people are on the road to hell. I started thinking about our area. You know, we've always called it the Bible Belt. I think that's kind of shrinking. What about you? First of all, I don't know how, how many people are truly committed to the Bible as God has given it to us. Without wanting to alter something and say something like, well, God really didn't mean it like that, did he? I mean, how many denominations are in an uproar about homosexuality or abortion? I mean, you could go down the street, just this street, and you're going to have different answers to those things. But the question becomes, what has God said in his word? So the Bible Belt, yeah. Did you know Birmingham per capita has the most people that attend church in the United States. I just found that out a few weeks ago. I was just reading. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. You go to California or just watch the news. Watch the news. Look what's going on in California. Think about New York City. New York City. A pagan place. Listen, we don't have to go across the pond to find a pagan culture. We're living in the middle of it. And how many people did you drive by this morning who have not considered God one bit? Who are only considering themselves? Man, I was just like, Lord, thank you for this reminder. And listen, I want you to understand, I am not standing up here going, man, you guys need to be sharing the gospel. We all do. But I don't want you to think I'm way up here and you're way down. I'm right there with you in that boat, struggling every single day to open my mouth and tell someone about Christ. And you know what? There was another one that struggled too. And his name was the Apostle Paul. You say, Paul struggled? Yeah, you see the boldness here. But did you know in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul asked prayer for boldness not once, but twice. Hold on a second, Paul. You, that, that same dude that's on the road to Damascus, 
who sees the resurrected Christ, who saved that same dude, that same dude. <laughs> you don't believe me? Turn there. All right, turn to Ephesians. I want to show you this. I actually think I have it on PowerPoint. But I still like to hear those pages go. Ephesians chapter 6. There's a couple things I wanted to point out here in this passage that I found interesting. First of all, I want us to notice what Paul doesn't pray for. <laughs> now, you know the context of the passage as he's writing the book of a, uh, the letter to the church at Ephesus. He's imprisoned. He's not free. He's in chains. He's not praying for vengeance. He's not praying for release. Now, I don't know about you, but I've, I've never been behind bars. But if I was, or if I was chained up, I'd be going, I want to get out of here. How about you, right? I want to get out of this place. But the Bible tells us that Paul doesn't have that on his mind. Paul has spiritual things on his mind. He has the things above on his mind. And in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, in the context, remember the context of spiritual warfare, notice what the Apostle Paul says in verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. I like the direction he goes with first. Pray for all the saints. Listen to me. We need to be praying for one another, for endurance, for perseverance. Listen, because the enemy is ever present, ever lurking, right? And listen, we know that how it happens with the enemy. It just takes one person to walk off the trail and others are following or others are providing an excuse. Well, they went off the trail, so I can go off the trail. He says, pray for all the saints. And then look at verse 19, and pray on my behalf. <laughs> this is crazy to me. I'm thinking, man, this is the evangelist. The guy that you're taking classes from, right? Evangelism 101, the apostle Paul is the teacher. But look at what Paul says here. He says, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. I've read the letters of the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 letters out of 27 in the New Testament. The dude did not struggle for words. He had many, not only spoken, but written. And he's praying, he's asking for prayer. In verse 19, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with what? Boldness. Do you say it? With what? Boldness. The mystery of the gospel. Hey, guys, and the gospel is a mystery. It is. You're like, I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, salvation, don't I have to earn it? Don't I have to do something? You mean it's a free gift? What does the Bible say? It's a free what? It's a free gift. It's a gift that God has given. Listen, I deserve the cross. I deserve the shame. I deserve the suffering. Jesus Christ took it for me. <laughs> what? 
You mean he died in my place? Yes, he died in my place. And he paid it all for all. Yesterday, I heard one of the best messages I've ever heard in my life. There was a funeral here yesterday, and um, a couple of people spoke, and um, the second guy, Jimmy, I was like, my goodness gracious. I mean, I was sitting right back there about where John Burnett sitting, is sitting, and I just sat there, and I was like, preach it, man, preach it. And he's going through this whole picture in the Gospels of what Jesus did for me and for you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, keep going. Because it's true that Christ died for our sins. According to the Scriptures, why? Because we are guilty. All of us are guilty. But it's a free gift. It's a free gift. So he says, pray for me that I may speak with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. I'm a representative of Christ. That's what an ambassador is, a representative. I represent Christ. You know, brought to life the, 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 the picture that Paul paints in 1 Corinthians 11. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ did what? He preached the gospel. What did Paul do? He preached the gospel. And he's saying, listen, in proclaiming it that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And I'm here to tell you right now, my friends, that I could do better at that. Speaking boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ. I had two other conversations while I was in England. Well, actually three. But I'm going to tell you about two of them. On Wednesday, a week ago, we had a free day. And most of the guys went to um, London. But the other option was to go to Cambridge. And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to Cambridge. I love history. And so I'm like, I'm going to Cambridge. So I went to Cambridge, me and Wyatt, and another person went to Cambridge. And uh, we were there all day. And I could have stayed a whole week. But on the way back from Cambridge, we're on the train. And there's a lady that's sitting in front of me on the train. And Wyatt and um, the other lady were sitting on this side of the train. And um, so I just happened to be sitting in front of this lady. Her name's Pat. And Pat was coming back from a visit with a lady she had worked with that they had retired and she was going up to visit her and so we're just talking and I don't know how it happened but golf came up she said to me she said you know Thad my, my husband loves to play golf I know what it was her husband wasn't with her she said yeah my husband didn't come with me I can't ever get him to come on these trips she's like in her 70s she said, I can't ever get him to come because he's wanting to play golf all the time. It's like, hey, <laughs> I like your husband. I don't even know him. I like him. And um, she said, he plays twice a week, and he, he, it, he gives me an opportunity to come up and visit my friends. And the whole time, I'm like, all right, Lord, you know. I, I, it's just like, what am I going to do? And I got to thinking when I was sitting there, that's how I ought to be here. 
when I'm in line and I'm going through a grocery store and I get in a conversation with somebody. That happens, doesn't it, right? Sometimes you have people that wait on you and they're really friendly and they'll talk. And In fact, there's a lady down at Publix, her name's Faith, and I, she had a baby not too long ago, about a year ago probably, and, and her and I used to get in some conversations together. I'm like, Lord, I need to be like that. And I'm sitting across from Pat, and we're talking, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, here's a little bit of an opening. She asked me what I was doing in England, because she could tell I wasn't from England. <laughs> right off. So I told her, I said, well, we're over here, and I said, we're on a mission trip, and, you know, with a church, and I said, um, you know, we have a couple of different events going on during the week, and I said, today we had a free day, and so I chose to go to Cambridge, and we started talking about that, and, and I just said, uh, Pat, I said, do you, do you attend church? Because that was kind of the conversation a little bit, and I was like, okay, there's no, she said, no, no, I don't. And then I thought, well, that's the end of the conversation, right? But then she proceeded to tell me about why she doesn't go to church. She said, yeah, I don't go to church because of the experience I had with my mom and dad. It's like, well, okay. I was thinking, well, maybe the conversation is going to end because was, I was getting a little squirmy, thinking, man, this is going in an uncomfortable direction. And in the middle of that, she says, well, Dad, what, what do you do back in the States? And I told her that whole thing. And she said, oh, okay, so you're a pastor. Like, oh, boy, am I one of those bad guys you're about to bring up in your story? And she said, when I was a little girl, we went to church all the time. Every time the doors up, we went to church. She said, but one time we were having this Christmas, special Christmas service. And um, she said, we walked in the church and there were people sitting in our seats from the church. And I was like, gee, sure, certainly that's not the problem. But it was the problem. She said, well, they were sitting in our seats, and they were members of that church, too. And, and my, my dad and mom walked up and just kind of stared at them, like, you're in my seat. And they didn't move. And she said, I, I just never got over the conversation that happened after that. I was like, oh, my goodness. I've heard a lot of things in my life. But seats... But I thought about how sad that was that the only thing that I heard that day about church from her and her experience were people who got her mom and dad's seat. I said, well, Pat, I said, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I said, I'm sorry that that was your experience. And I said, but you know, I said, I just have to tell you about my experience with the Lord. I said, you know, a lot of people make church about a building, but a church is not the building. It's the people. It's the people that belong to the Lord. And I said, I belong to the Lord. And then she asked me, she said, Dad, how long have you belonged to the Lord? I said, since I was seven years old. I said, there's nothing better. I mean, it was just, I was just relaxed at that point. I was like, man, I'm just, having, I'm just telling her my story. It's not some rehearsed, you know, here's Romans 3, here's Romans 6. It was just... I'm just telling her about my relationship with the Lord. And she was about to get off. It was about her stop, and I knew it. And I said, Pat, I said, 
you can tell me no if you want to. But I said, I've got a book I just want to give to you. And I said, I've marked some pages, and I'd love for you to read it. And she said, okay, Thad, I will. What's interesting is, when she walked off the train, I could see her going out of the exit. And she was, once she got through the turnstile, she was opening that book. I'm like, you know what, Lord? You just never know. Now, I have no idea what's going to go on with Pat or with Lawrence or with Josh or with Caroline. I don't know. But the Lord does. I do know this. There is warfare. Just like Paul is asking these guys to pray for boldness. Man, I needed that. I was like, man, Lord, I need that. That's not my gift is evangelism. But I have not been given permission not to share the gospel. I ought to have just this burning desire and ache in my life and my heart for people that are lost. One more story and I'll be done, I promise. So we're in the train, the tube. Is that what they call it, the tube over there? They have weird words. Um, they really do. I mean, <laughs> I know you guys, like when you're out cutting your grass, you have a lawnmower, and sometimes you have to do what's called weed eating, like you have a weed eater. They call it a strimmer. <laughs> I just can't imagine walking next door to my neighbor and saying, I need to borrow your strimmer. I don't, I mean, I just didn't tell Robbie. Robbie and I laughed about that for an hour, maybe two. <laughs> And the girls kind of like, why is this so funny? But anyway, I guess it's just the way it hit us. But my last opportunity was on a train or a tube uh, on the way home. It was our last night in um, London, and we were going back to the hotel. And um, we're sitting across from this guy. And man, you couldn't understand. I couldn't understand. If he said 10 words, I might have understood two. I mean, literally, you're trying to put sentences together. And he's just a talker. I mean, I'm talking about talker. And, um, and Emily's sitting right next to him. And so when he left me in conversation, because he was wearing me out, I was like, oh, my goodness, I have no idea what you're saying. I'm just shaking my head and thinking, man, I hope I'm shaking it at the right time. You know, you're like, what am I doing? And so there's uh, Emily next to him. And then they start talking. I think uh, they talked about her nursing, going nursing or whatever. And... Um, Anyway, um, toward the end, he's, we're having conversation, but, we, but I was paying attention to him, legitimately doing that, even though I wasn't car- ca- uh, catching on to much of what he was saying. But I'm sitting there, and he talked about, I'm looking at this Ephesians passage, I'm like boldness, because I'm like, okay, Lord, I've got this one last gospel of John on my possession right now. What am I going to do with it? And, and literally, this is going to mind. I'm just going to keep it. I'm not going to try to engage this guy because I can't understand a word he's saying. He's not going to, I don't know if he's understanding me, if he's just smiling to be nice. And the Lord wouldn't let me sit there. I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, are you kidding me? You want me to get up? So I got up, and he's about to exit, get off his stop. And I walked over to him, and I know the girls saw me and, and Robbie, and they're probably thinking, what is he doing? But I, I just looked at him, and I said, um... I enjoyed having time with you. And he said, I did too. And then I think that's what he said. And um, (laughs) I'm not sure, but I think. And I said, I have this book with me. And I'd love for you to read it. I said, by the way, what's your name? 
I don't know why that came out, but he says, my name's Ishmael. I'm like, okay, I can tell you about an Ishmael, but he, we didn't have time. Anyway, um, he said, yeah, I, I'm Muslim. I said, okay. I said, I have this book I'd like you to take. And I thought, literally at that point, I thought, he's just going to shove that book right back to me. But he didn't. He took the book. And I thought, you know, Lord, boldness is something that comes from you. It's not me. I would have been content to sit in my seat. But the Lord did not let me do it. And guys, one of the tools that I want us as a church to have, and I'm going to work on this, is getting these gospel of John's. Because listen, it's called the gospel, right? And it's got good news in it. And so I want us to be able to have these at our disposal. Maybe when you come up in a conversation with somebody or myself, we'll have that, that we can just pass on to them. And you'd be surprised how many people. I didn't have one person that I, I handed a Gospel of John to or Emily that threw it back at us and said, no, thank you. They all took it. And we know that this book is the living and enduring Word of God. And what did Paul say in Romans chapter 1? For I am not ashamed of the Gospel for what it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. So guys, the Lord's given us a mission. Here's the question though. Are we willing, are we willing to upset the world for the gospel of Christ? All right, well, let's pray together. Well, Lord, I, I just want to thank you um, but the lessons that you reminded me of and taught me over in England. And I know that Robbie and uh, Emily and Natalie and Bethany and the rest of the team have stories as well. And it just was a great reminder for me that um, I don't have to be across the pond. But there's a whole lot of people here, a whole lot of fish. And I need to go fishing. And I need to share the gospel. And they need to ask you like Paul did. I mean, Paul asked these believers in Ephesus, hey, pray for boldness. Lord, I pray that we would pray for that boldness. And Lord, as we have the tools at our disposal, that we wouldn't feel like we just have to hammer people with it, but that we would try to just have conversation. That's what Paul did when he entered the synagogues. He had dialogue yeah, he's giving them the word, but, but there were questions and there was conversation going on. And I just pray that we would have that boldness, Lord. And as I mentioned earlier, um, I know for certain in my family, there are people that don't know you. So I pray for boldness there to be able to share with them. And uh, I know there are people here that uh, have family and friends, co-workers. They're concerned about, Lord, I just pray that, that we would have that concern and that we would be uh, people that when we see others, that what comes to our mind first is do they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ? And I just want to thank you right now, Lord, for my salvation. And I thank you for what you've done in my life and continue to do in my life. I pray that we're always thinking with the mind that we're students. We're always learning. There's always something to learn, always something to be reminded about. Um, thank you, Lord, for... Um, the experience that, uh, that we had the last couple of weeks. And I pray, Lord, that um, each of us would take on the mission that you gave uh, to your disciples to go out 
and share the good news of the gospel of Christ. And it's in your wonderful name that I pray all of these things. Amen. Let's sing about the reason why we need the boldness to share the Lord because of how deep the Father's love for us. There we go. The Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He should give His only Son and make a wretch His treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the Father turns His face away which more the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulder scoffers it was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished his dying breath has brought me life I know that it is in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my
Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for that challenging message, Lord. Give us the boldness. Give us opportunities this week to share your name, to share the gospel. Lord, I know that they're out there. We have coworkers. We have friends. There's people all around. It's a dying world that needs to hear about you. And I pray that we will not be ashamed of the gospel. And uh, I know that you're going to do great things this week in our lives. And I just thank you so much for how you provide for us. Lord, the food that you provide for us. There's so many that go hungry all around the world. I just thank you so much for this time of fellowship. I pray that we'll encourage one another. Thank you for the food that you always give us. In your name, amen. You're dismissed.